What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What's up, Tudorinos, and welcome back to Rank Em All Van Halen Edition. I'm one of your hosts, Brando and Rank Master. Joining me, of course, is the one and only Podfather of Pod. <laughs> I feel like we've done this three times in the past ten minutes, and my brain is a little bit scrambly, Brando, but how's it going, bro? You know what? It's been all right. Things could be better, but they could be worse. But they're doing all right now because I'm sitting down to rank some tunes with my good friends and Nate, and of course... Joe, good times, Grimes. How's it doing, bud? Going on, fellas. Been a minute. Has been a minute, and less uh, of a minute since the last minute we minuted. <laughs> you are, you are correct. We are continuing down our trek of Van Halen during uh, down the discography. We are ready for OU eight one two. But did you? Which I think means we officially should start calling them Van Hagar. Probably this is where the transition happens. Uh, absolutely, of course. Fifty one fifty was the first album post. 84 and we talked about how like a lot of that progression that they have like those two albums to me are almost like brother and sister albums like they Mm -hmm. definitely have a lot of similarities between them and as we coming into OU812 it starts to deviate a little bit with the sound doesn't it it starts to I don't know mature get more um, mainstream I'm not sure what you want to call it. <laughs> Those are not necessarily words I would use to describe OU812, but I have words for this album. So the album <laughs> came out on, on May 24th, 1988, and it was recorded between uh, September 87 and April 88. Man, the, all these albums, all the Van Halen albums, they get done recording it, and they put it out like the next month. Like, they don't take a lot of time uh, post. What's post-production? Yeah. Fuck it. Uh, there were four singles on it, which we'll talk about when we get there. And uh, all songs are written by Van Halen, except for where noted. There is a cover on here at the very end of the album. And, of course, who who's Van Halen? Who, who, who are they again? Uh, who the man? We got Michael Anthony as bass player. We got Sammy Hagar as lead singer. We got Eddie Van Halen on guitar and Alex Van Halen on those drummies. But also we should mention... Edward Van Halen also synthesizes. Wow. It debuted, or I'm not sure if it debuted, but it peaked at number one on the Billboard 200. And uh, it sold uh, four times platinum in the United States. So four million sold. A little bit of a step down, I think, from the previous two. But, you know, it is what it is. I think we noted that uh, 5150 was the first album to go to number one because 84 came out the same release window as a uh, uh, thriller. thriller. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they literally had no chance. <laughs> but the name of the album is actually supposedly a response to David Lee Roth's 86 solo album, Eat Him and Smile. And that so- yeah, was supposed to be, wasn't it originally titled Eat Me? Yeah, Eat Me and Smile. But yeah, yeah. So they had to, he had to change it to eat him and smile. Oh, you eight one two is uh, seen in Cheech and Chong's next movie on a license plate, and uh, so it, it, it's a big joke and all that jazz. Uh, the track listing on the back cover is arranged in alphabetical order instead of sequence. 
Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Really? But like, that's not <laughs> that, that, that doesn't make any sense because then, like, if you just see the song like names, then they're not in order. I, I haven't. I don't own a physical copy of the album. Of course, when we rank all of these, you know, we definitely rank them as far as we try to make it to where, hey, if we're going to select something to rank, it's going to be pretty accessible. So modern day accessibility is uh, YouTube and streaming services. Yeah. So uh, I listen to it on Spotify. But same. this is where I don't know if you guys noticed. This is where the song, the average song length starts going up. Oh, yeah, and it gives a trend that continues into the next album as well. Yes, and yeah. so, like, before we were, like, the three-minute, maybe four-minute range. Now we are definitely five approaching six minutes Yeah, for a lot of these tracks. And I don't know about you, uh, for some of... Uh, Cabo Wabo is on this album. It's seven minutes. I'm not a guy that is that, that dislikes long songs, but... I don't know. Maybe it's my own opinion. Maybe I'm kind of speaking too soon. Maybe I'm giving away a spoiler for my own thoughts. Maybe some of these could, could have been trimmed down a little bit. Oh, for sure. I have, like I said, okay, I wrote notes for this album like I did last album. And yet again, there is an interesting thing I noticed with this album is that there's a lot of good and very much like early Van Halen, there's sprinkled in there is a lot of mediocre or not so good. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like when you do have a song that really stands out uh, next to a song that really doesn't, the song that stands out is like, fucking, that's the goldenest shit. Like you could have wrote 10 more of those on this album and I would have bought a thousand more copies. But this one I'm really excited to talk about because there are good things, there are bad things, and I think they're all worth mentioning. So we should probably jump right into the first track, which is Mine All Mine, yeah? Yeah, let's go for it. Mine All Mine opens up the album. It is not a single, but it's the album Thank opener. God. Yeah, well, um, I got to I, I gotta get my notes because they're on my phone. Okay, well, while you get your notes, I'll throw my little quick uh, review together. This song, to me, did not make a whole lot of sense. <clears throat> you're Van Halen. You just released 5150. This is the next thing you're saying to your fans. This is pre-internet era, so there's a bunch of you know hype of people just excited for whatever the next Van Halen thing is. And in my opinion, this song is unenjoyably mellow and totally yeah. let me down. I was just like, what am I about to listen to? Like... This is not my Van Halen. What? I have on my notes. Return of video game sounds. We oh yeah. There was a there was a song a while back. I don't remember if it's a, it's been a while since we recorded, so I can't remember if it was fifty one fifty. It might have been on there, but, uh, but there was a song that we kind of said that could have been on like a video game. Um, oh, inside. Yeah, yeah. So I said, return of video game sounds. This could be an F zero or Mega Man track. Yes. Um, and that's kind of what I took away from it. And then that's all I've got in my notes. So I didn't. That's. I didn't hate that's it. That's literally. I didn't hate uh, it. Yeah, exactly. It's. I had the same feeling that, like, there's really not much to it. I mean, yeah, besides the NES sounds. <laughs> I mean, it was all right. I didn't hate it. But yeah, there's really not much you can say about this one, honestly. All right. Then if there's not much more to say, Nate, would you give it? 5.5. 5.5. Not a great you? opening track. 
Joe, how about you? Oh, yeah, I'm right with Nate. I'm a 5.5 on that one. I gave it a 7.75. I enjoyed the video game sounds. Uh, <laughs> track two, When It's Love. Single? Is it a single? Yes, it is. It was the second single released in June of 88, When It's Love. Uh, I'll go first this time on my notes. It says, uh, starts as a white snake ballad? Definitely gets those vibes. <laughs> um, okay, I can see that. Yeah. I, I knew the hook. It's catchy. It, it, it sounds like it's more from the 5150 more style. Uh, it, it really seems like this album, it brings some of that 5150-ness with it, but it kind of also starts departing from it at the same time. Like some of that yeah. some of that feel is still there, um, but it's like a little bit more progressed. The, the band seems more palatable with Sammy. With him being the front man and singing the lyrics, there's a lot less vaudeville. There's a lot less of the of, of the showmanship here. And uh, my last note is a note that <laughs> I I, la I laugh every time I see it. Good solo because there's a lot of good Eddie Van Halen solos, but it's a pretty decent solo. How about Joe? We'll go we we'll go to, uh, to you next. When it's love, what do you think? It's kind of funny. Like this is a song. I mean, I always kind of enjoyed it. It's not one of my favorites, but uh, as we were talking about uh, when they did Dreams uh, and being on that, oh crap, on the uh, Power Rangers movie, I always thought like that's another one they could have put in there just for a spot for Kimberly and and Tommy. Like there's like there could have been a segment. I don't know why, but I always thought that this is another one that would have been perfect in that. But other than that, like, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not my favorite, but it's not the worst. You know, it's another one I feel like is just kind of mediocre. So I can't remember uh, off the top of my head because there's a couple of there's like two ballads on here, right? Uh, or, or, or is there just one? And there's another ballad on, on the. I think I, I think this is only the only. Okay, so is this the one where it starts off soft? Feels yeah. so good is kind of um a ba is ballady, but isn't full blown okay. ballad. So yeah. is this where it starts soft? He's like. <laughs> Sammy does that a lot to to, to key in to key in like like when the band kicks in the just like the you know like like, like we were talking about in, in previous uh, episode recordings with with Dave making his noises <laughs> then you got Sammy <laughs> have mercy <laughs> legit Nate what do you think about when it's love. Uh, when it's love is uh, a song to me that yet again look at look at what we've done Van Halen writing a song that's a really good ballady love tune most powerful chorus probably on the album as far as like memorable sing alongable enjoyable I don't know what the words exactly that you would use would be but I personally think that this is one of the best songs on the on the entire album uh, for for the album not having a ton of gold, mm -hmm. as it were. Mm -hmm. This is definitely a bright spot early, which did again gave me hope after the first track. I'm like, I don't know about this second track. I'm like, OK, they're doing their ballad thing. Like, I get it. Maybe they're going to start to smack us with some power, which I wasn't necessarily wrong about. But, yeah, uh, I liked what it's love. Okay, then, uh, Joe, we'll start with you. What's your rank? I got that one a six. Six? How about you, Nate? 
7.5. I'm at an 8. I like this song. thought it was good. The next track, I don't have a... I, I have one line of notes for the next track. It's, it's AFU, Naturally Wired. Uh, I believe it stands for All Fired Up. Yeah. Because um, not all effed up. <laughs> but... Uh, oh. <laughs> I have one line. I said it's got a pretty good, pretty good drum intro. Um, my, I also have a single line uh, in my notes for this song, and it just literally says, "Maybe should have opened with that one." Like I thought that song was much more enjoyable than mine and all mine. I thought it would be definitely a more poignant, kick you in the teeth kind of Van Halen grasp you sound. Um, so yeah, maybe she should have opened with that one. Yeah, it possibly. Yeah, uh, I definitely. I I, I don't know because it's also just kind of uh, kind of more forgettable. To, uh, I feel like the music from the opening track was a little bit more catchy than the actual words or the chorus or anything like that. Like I yeah. like it, like as soon as I keyed in on on, on like the on the on this is a F zero track or playing Super Nintendo, I was I was really digging that part of it. But what about you, Joe? What do you think about AFU? I, I really only have like one thing to say. And I did not get all fired up about this one. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it, it's like what you're saying. It's something that I think it's going to be forgettable. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Oh, what was like on, on one of the previous albums, I had one that I didn't think I was going to remember. And the more I listened to it, I'm like, Oh, it's really catchy. And it ended up being one of my favorites, but I didn't, it didn't happen with this one. I listened to this album several times and it's just kind of like, I, I did like it. It's not that I didn't like it, but it's just not, it's just their same like run of the mill stuff that nothing really stood out from it, you know. Right on. And Nate, what'd you give this one? I gave AFU an eight. An eight. How about you, Joe? Seven. Seven. I gave it a six point seven five. The next song. Mm, right the- yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all kind of around the same era there, uh, same area. Yeah. Cabo Wabo. Uh, the longest song on the entire record. Lost me. Holy crap. And I wrote, good tone and harmonies. Sounds about middle of the road for this era. Not bad. Not great. It's got a jam part. Kind of it's jammy. But considering that he named his club Cabo Wabo. And it, his tequila his, line is his tequila line is Cabo Wabo. It's an it's an advertisement. <laughs> I mean, uh, I understand if this is like something that he really feels close to or whatever. I'm not going to take that away, but I also, for as long as the song is, I also don't think it's that great. Like I just, I kind mm-hmm. of agree. It, it it lost me. Yeah, it's uh, this song to me was way better from that solo to the end. Because mm-hmm. up and until that, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Did they mm-hmm. tell Sammy to just write a Sammy Hagar song? And yes. he sort of writing a Sammy Hagar song because he wanted to be in Van Halen and they just wanted him to be Sammy and he just wanted to be in Van Halen. So he <laughs> kind of came up with this kind of middle of the road thing, you know. Uh, I really struggled wanting to continue to listen to the rest of the album just because of this song. Yeah. Not to say that it was like it did it in for me and I'll never listen to it again, but like this was not something that encouraged me to continue through the listen to. It kind of 
soured my uh, my enjoyment actually. How about you, Joe? Uh, yeah, this one definitely uh, didn't really ruin the album for me, but after I had listened to the album several times and it was it was painful like not to skip this track every time. And like I think the literally the last time just to kind of give myself a quick reminder of what each song sounded like. I think as soon as this started and I'm like, oh yeah, nope. I was like, I'm not, I'm not sitting through that one again, man. It just, oh my gosh. I don't know why I was so irritated with the song, man, but it just, I did not dig it at all. Didn't do a thing for me. Would you rank it, Nate? Five. Joe. Four. <laughs> I gave it a six, five. I gave it a six. Damn five. it, Brandon. You're supposed to go three. I know, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was hoping he's gone. <laughs> no, not quite. Uh the next track. Source of infection. <laughs> Probably get that checked out. <laughs> you might want to. Um, <laughs> we'll start with Joe this time. What do you think about source of infection? Dude, for me, this was like an album saver. Cause like coming off Cabo Wabo. I was like, oh my God, please don't let it get worse from here. Um, like if you listen to it, it had a real hot for teacher vibe almost. Like as far as like the drumming goes, if you listen to that, and I just like Brandon Smirk in there, like he knows exactly. They but also, I mean, it was great. They let, you know, Alex be Alex, go loose on the kit. They let yes. Eddie do his thing. They let uh Mike do his thing. I mean, it was it was, I think, Sam's hot for teacher. And I think they can like nail it, dude. They drove that shit out the park. I loved it, man. I'm telling you what, that got me on such like a, such a high right in the middle of this album. I just gotta say real quick how hilarious it is to me that Joe's like David Lee Roth got this song called Hot for Teacher. It's like dope. Hot for Teachers talking about banging the teacher. Sammy got his called Source of Infection. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that is not the same, my friend. No, that's definitely not the same. Maybe the teacher is the source of the infection. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. No. She's messing oh, around no. too many young boys in school. Oh. Okay, lyrically, it wasn't his. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think, Nate? Uh, source of Infection was a total jam. Like yes. man, I was like, "Fuck yes, this is the this is this is my Van Halen, like the mine all mine, not my Van Halen." Source of infection, <laughs> <laughs> my Van Halen, like perfect. Damn it! Uh, it should have been the album opener. Oh, by far. As, yes, as, and sure. I wrote that in my notes over when I had wrote AFU because I, I it maybe should have been the album opener, but definitely. Uh, source of infection would have been a killer. They maybe should have renamed it, but then the lyrics would have had to been changed. There's a lot of reasons they didn't do that. Anyways, I wrote classic Van Halen jam vibe, complete with vocal weirdness. Like this is probably <laughs> so far the weirdest that Sammy has gotten with his vocals. Drums are great, and the last line I have for my notes: not so hot for teacher. Uh so okay. like we're on the same vibe there. No, I I, I absolutely yeah. love this. I thought this was one of the better tracks on the entire album, and the fact that it opens up side two if you're on the vinyl, like like come as you said, coming off of Cabo Wabo, and the first half of this album is literally sprinkled in here. We have 
they're trying to be palatable, just like I said before. They're tr they're trying to reach into that mainstream. They're trying to. I don't want to direct comparison too because that's not fair. But yeah. when you look at uh, Def Leppard and the path they went on and where they started versus when they decided to go mainstream and write more radio palatable hits and yeah. be, and thus be more successful, sell more tickets, sell more albums. Why else are you in this business? What are you there to do? You're there to make money. Let's be real. You know, any musician that says they're in it for the music doesn't make money. <laughs> you have to at some point. I'm not saying you have to sell out or do that. Some bands do, and they make a killing off of it, and they do great. Even yeah. some of their sellout stuff is still amazing. You don't have to do that, but you've got to be mindful and run it as a business and be like, look, we have this album. We need a song that's going to probably get us on some, some radio play. You know, yeah. and, and so if you write a whole album and think about yourself like that, at least one song, get on the radio and then we can we can market it. This we can make a video. <clears throat> Nowadays, videos aren't are like video length is not as, not not as a big a deal as it was way back in the 80s. But still, like back in the 80s, MTV was huge for selling music. You you if you turn on like especially when they release 84, there's Hot for Teacher. You know, there, there there's a fun one there. You know, there's Jump. You know, there's Panama. Then there was, you know, like, so, like, it, it's along those lines. And I kind of feel like uh, Source of Infection, like, uh, man, they brought it back around. I gave Source of Infection an eight. How about you, Nate? Also okay. an eight. Joe. Eight. Straight eights. Straight eights. Straight eights. That is so far the highest averaged song ranking on the on, on the album. We got to the source of the infection. Uh, ha. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what sucks, I never hear the end of that one. What sucks is that, you know, it, that, that isn't a single. And, and it's one of the shorter tracks on the entire album. It's just right, right, right into four minutes. So, like, definitely. Keep it simple, it. stupid. Right. So the next, uh, the next track, Feels So Good, was the last single, January of 89. Feels so good. Uh, we'll start with Nate. What do you think about Feels So Good? One line I wrote quintessential 80s love vibes. The intro of this, literally, I was like, oh, this is where Stranger Things stole their idea musically from. Cool. Like, at least we know for sure now. It's right from this track. Like, this is definitely where, where it came from. But Feels So Good is one of is a really weird song because to me, like, the verses were cool and like they had this certain energy. And then it like, transitions to a love ballad in the middle of the song for the chorus like not that it's a bad thing it's just like i feel like they forced the love song on that one when they could have made it about anything else and it would have been 10 times better i i put weird sounding keys i thought i thought the keyboards were weird sounding to me and they were too loud in the mix that it overpowers some good rhythm and vocals so like what where there's a good song in here i don't think it was mixed very well and, and actually uh over on the wikipedia page because that's where i get some of my information uh eddie van halen agrees with me he expressed his opinion that the record was not mixed as well as he would have liked sonically it was shit <laughs> so yeah there you go uh some criticisms of the, of the album notes the bass guitar parts are uh are of a low level in the mix compared to vocals and other instruments there's been a speculation that the presence of bass guitar may have been related to Van Halen Brothers' rumored growing animosity towards bassist Michael Anthony. 
In later years, he would be forced out of the band and his songwriting credits removed or altered. I did not know that part. But in this case, I felt like this song was very badly mixed and that affected my enjoyment of it greatly. Uh, other than that, like it, it, it has the makings of a good song and it has a pretty decent solo. But uh, Joe, how about Feel So Good? Did this song make you feel so good? It did not. It made me feel not so good. <laughs> I, I mean, like, literally, man, I, I'm flying high on this uh, source of infection. You, know, and then, uh, <laughs> you got fever. <laughs> you got a fever. <laughs> fever high. Oh, shit. I'm I'm really high. It, 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 didn't, it didn't make me feel so good. Um, <laughs> no, literally, like, I was on a rush from source of infection, and as soon as this one hit, it, it, it was just like, it was a downward slope, man. I'm like, damn it, here we go. You know, like, I thought this, the you know, after a source of infection, I'm, I'm like expecting it to go like further and further, but then just, it just dropped me, man. I, was, I just lost all the adrenaline going into this one. Didn't dig it. What'd you rank it? I gave this one a four. A four. How about you, Nate? 6.5. I also gave it a 6.5. Hey. The next song yeah. is probably the most successful song on the entire album. The third single, Finish What You Started, September 88. My notes are pretty short on this one. Uh, I said it's a pretty chill vibe compared to some of the other ones. It, this isn't a ballad, it's, it, but it's a different kind of jam. It, it, if, if you listen to country music in 88, it has a different feel to it. it it's that very, like... Um, um, George Strait or uh, Randy Travis, you know, I'm not some of the bigger country artists. It, it's not what this is, but if you listen to more modern country music that isn't infused with pop music, <laughs> if you get what I mean, like it has like the all the modern pop, uh, you know, tricks and everything in there. I I get a country feel from this one, like it's a little bit like more of a picky and twangy vibe to it, mm-hmm. and I I also put that this is one of the songs that that you think of when you think of Van Hagar. Like when you think of that, this era of the band, you know, is this maybe their best single? Probably not, but it's one of those that's in the mix of Hagar songs. It's catchy. Uh, it, it's it, it, it's very very palatable, chill. It's not that big rock and source of infection. It's the exact opposite, but that doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. I actually really like this song still, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna shoot over to Joe. What do you think about? finish what you started this this is another one i've always enjoyed i like uh i do like the all-around simplicity of it i mean here you've got uh with alex we know what alex can do on the kit we know like everything he can utilize everything on his kit but this is like an example of like less is more like okay Mm -hmm. we know you can do all this uh fancy technical shit but like you know, bring it back a little bit. Keep it nice and simple. Adding the acoustic guitar uh, with Sammy, like we don't see him do a lot, like instrumentally. It's like all about vocals with him. Um, and like just an example of making simple shit work. And it did. Like I, there was, a, it's a nice groove. I've always dug this song. And there's not much to it. Like you know, it, it's something also like an average player could could jam along to. It's nothing like you have to be super experienced to be able to play along with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And all around, I just think it's a, such a badass song for as simple as it, as it is. I really enjoy it. What about you, Nate? I feel like this song, something neither of you guys have, have actually, 
That's amazing. And I know we don't get to use this word often because it's every song, but amazing guitar work. Amazing dog barks. Amazing dog barks. Hey, man. That's, the, that's, hey, that's, that's podcasting life, man. Um, but uh, also, I think this song is lyrically super groovy. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part in the song is that chicken picking mini solo towards the end. He just gets yeah. it. I'm just like, hot damn, Eddie. Here we go, baby. About to put some fire on that shit. And then he actually does not cut loose with the solo. Like yeah. he, he he teases a solo. It's like over the pants HJ style. He's teasing you, but he doesn't actually, you know, give a full bacon. <laughs> the zipper does not come down. It does not. You would be you would be very chafed. Uh, so you're probably about to ask me the question, Brando. Well, Nate. What did you rank it? What'd you rank it? 8.5. The song's a shit. Come on now. All right. How about you, Joe? 8.5. 8.5 is what I ranked it as well. <laughs> nice. Straight eights, straight 8.5s. So um, the next song, Black and Blue, you know what? When I first listened to it, I, I enjoyed it. And I said it was uh, B side vibes, good vocal harmonies, bonus points for the cowbell during the solo. Um, but, but when I was kind of giving like a quick re-listen, I'm like, man, this sounds like it could be a single. Well, I'll be flabbergasted. It was the first single. What? This was the first single in May of 88. This was before finish what you started. <laughs> and I'm just okay. like, this is my one year. Okay. I, I just turned one years old and this is the piece of shit they dumped out. <laughs> Oof. I take it. You don't no, he's like, a little baby. You don't like black and blue. I didn't have any notes for it. I couldn't write anything. I literally could not think of any opinion on <laughs> oh, the no. song when I listened. I was just like, I have my rank. That's what I think about <laughs> the song. I enjoyed it a lot more when I was kind of like, because um, I gave it one ranking and I bumped it up. Not a whole lot, just a little, just a, like almost maybe, you know. A scotch? Just a smidge? A, maybe just just above a skosh. Just above a skosh. Okay, then I think I blew this ranking out the... Well, okay. I think I blew this one below. Well, I mean, you, I mean, I mean, you blew up the entire album of '84, so, I, so I'm not surprised by anything anymore by what you rank. I know, but uh, yeah, if, if 1984 would have had silent tracks like "Corns Follow the Leader," he would have been like, "Give it a fucking 10. <laughs> you get a ten. You, you get give a it a 10. fucking ten. We get a ten. Everybody seats. gets a ten. Under your seats, you get a ten. <laughs> oh shit! I got a fucking ten. Oh, dude, I wish he was still in here. I have my um I have my I have a 10 on my shirt 10. Well, I have a work uh 10 year anniversary like like plaque ah. thing. <laughs> I could have actually reached a big number 10. Damn it. I need to get that perfect. for like future um for future ranks that way I could hold it up. But uh yeah, black and blue I I enjoyed it a little bit more just this afternoon when I was trying to like brush up cuz it's been a while since I ranked yeah. these songs. <laughs> before we've actually recorded this episode so i'm like okay i remember some of this i remember some of that i have my notes here i could try to refresh myself about why i think what like what i thought when i wrote the notes and i'm like you know i'm liking this as a scotia more i gave it a 7.75 we'll go to joe no no no. we won't go to joe next we'll go to nate we'll 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 we'll, we'll, we'll make the valley before we hit the peak i just gave it a seven 
Oh, okay. Okay. I just didn't know what to write about the fucking off. song. Okay. I don't hate the song. I don't love the song. It's just I originally I could not write. No, I don't know if I just like shit the bed with my brain or what. I just literally could not think of a single word to say about. When it. we're done with it, just go give it another uh, listen. I don't. I think it's a pretty cool jam. It's not as good as source of a, a source of infection, um, but I I just I originally gave it a seven as well. You know, and I had to just, hey, it's a pretty cool B-side. And that's all I put. Today, I'm like. The, the black like- and blue was the source of infection. Woof. There we go. Okay. Done with that. Joke. What'd you give it, Joe? Actually, you know what? Uh, so I'm not far off from you guys. I thought you guys were going to be a lot lower uh, the, the way you're all talking about it. I, I did give it an eight. Okay. Um, oh, for me, this, this was, uh, this for me was like actually more about uh, nostalgic. Um kind of like what I talked about, like growing up listening to this kind of stuff. Um, I love the main riff of this song, but I like the raw sound of it. Um, you know, growing up in a music store, uh, we had one of the rooms was full of guitar amps. People could bring in their guitars, try out an amp before they, you know, bought it and everything. And like the main riff, it just reminds me of just somebody sitting in there with a guitar plugging straight into an amp and just fiddling around with whatever. And that's the sound you get. It didn't sound like a lot of editing, a lot of other crap on top of it, no special effects. It literally just sound like Eddie's got his guitar plugged in, they have a microphone and the amp, and that's what you get. Um, I just love that raw sound. There's nothing fake about it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just added a lot to it. It's not, it's not a difficult song. It's not anything really complex. But I, I think for me, it was just mostly about the sound of that song. So I, I definitely I give that one an eight. Okay, I mean, yeah, as I said, I kind of bumped it up just a little bit just this afternoon. I gave it a little bit of, and and that's the benefit of hindsight, and yep. uh, from having listened to it before, and, and you know, maybe sometimes you know when we throw our rank down and we and, and we ink it, you know, one hundred percent, you know, maybe you know when we do some of these ranks, maybe we're a little too rash when we when we think about it, and maybe sometimes songs grow on us, the songs, uh, uh, you know, uh, lose some of their luster with us, but. Right. This this next song was actually the last song on the cassette and vinyl pressings of the record. Sucker it, in a three-piece. And Sucker in a three-piece, I, I wrote in my in my notes, they found their vibe. Uh, they've officially have found their vibe. Sounds more like what we've heard. Not a bad thing, but now it's getting predictable. Album seems more balanced as songwriting. There's more energy flowing throughout the, the you know the entirety of the album I, I feel a lot more consistent and balanced energy from this album than i do from, than from almost any of the roth albums save maybe 84 and you know uh that to me there's not really a terrible song here uh, i know uh, I, I notice in my rankings i don't have anything that really uh, ranks terrible uh maybe just not memorable or great or maybe it's just not even really good. It's it's, it's inching good. Uh, but I also wrote uh, that this song has more of, uh, more of a rocking vibe song, but not quite a Panama. We're not we're not right. quite a Panama. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the song overall. Uh, well, I'll shoot it over to uh, uh, Joe. We'll go to Joe next. What, what do you think about Three Piece? I had one thing written for this, and it's two words: filler song. Filler song. That's, that's that's really I like I I kind of like what Nate what was with it black and blue like I I had I struggled trying to figure out what to say for this and that's literally all I could think about it. like 
filler song. They needed, well, yeah, like what you said on the uh, cassette and the vinyl, this was the last song. Like, oh, we need one more. It's, uh, I mean, not to the fact like we're uh, Warrant, where they said, hey, you need one song to to make the album. He said, he wrote Cherry Pie in five minutes, you know, and then <laughs> next thing the whole album is Cherry Pie and that's all people want to hear. But this, this is just one of those, yeah, like, hey, we need one more song to get this album out. Okay, and there's nothing to it. What about you, Nate? To me, Sucker in a Three-Piece, the first thing that caught my brain meets was the funny subject matter. Like, like it's kind of a song about a jealous guy who's just like, how the fuck is that? She, why does that lady want that sucker in a three-piece? Like, he's, he's, he's a nobody, look at me, you know, type thing. Um, musically it was okay, but it was one of those songs that again, it's just, it's Van Halen having fun. I will say it is interesting. This is the last song on a couple versions of the album, considering the actual last song we're about to cover. Uh, I have really interesting notes for now finding out it was not the true outro of the album changes my viewpoints entirely, but sucker in a three piece could have been put probably in the middle of the album though. You could have maybe put mine all mine is your last track. You know, there could have been <laughs> this album suffers from poor track placement. Yes. I think you could have rearranged this album and maybe for fun, we can do this in our own time, rearrange it for ourselves and send what we would do. But there are other variations of this where you could have put the songs differently and it would have kicked more. It would have had more impact. I think people would have walked away enjoying it more. No, not another variant. Definitely a variant. <laughs> definitely right. a variant what'd you rank it nate i gave sucker on a 3p 6.5 joe five five i gave it a seven i thought it was pretty decent uh yeah it's right there it's like it's like man this is a cool like rocking track the last song though is a cover not uh not a stranger to doing covers or van halen <laughs> as definitely we've not. as we've discovered um <laughs> A A political blues. Is that yeah, not, we, is that not not is that not not hard to say? A A political blues. Yeah, I think that it's. I looked at this track like a hundred times, and it's. I didn't realize it was a cover. It makes more sense now that it's a cover. My initial impression of the title was that it was like Alcohol Anonymous. Yes. Like oh my god! Political. I was about to say. Yes, you know, AA political uh, blues, yes. and uh, I don't know lyrically if that necessary. I was really just enjoying musically what was going on that I didn't really pay attention to lyrically what was happening so much. Um, but yeah, a political blues, man, it's a fun little track. I wrote that it is a return to form of them doing unique outros, which sucks that it wasn't the true outro. It's like fucking should have just committed. Damn it, it would have been great. But of course length of time for the cassette and stuff is probably what held them back for sure. So this is a Lowell George cover. And I wrote it's a tone change from the rest of the album, but for a bonus song, that's not necessarily out of left field mix seems a bit jumbled, but that's the whole album as a whole and uh great playing all around. And on a jam vibe, it's not bad that those are my notes. And that's all I've got to really say about the song. Joe, uh, not much. I uh, got another ba baseball reference. There's swing and a miss for me. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I really didn't dig it. Um, but I, Leah, literally just no wonder it was left off the cassette and the vinyl. It wasn't time constricted. It was like, let's just not put this on here. <laughs> and then somebody found it and said, Hey, let's put it on Spotify. <laughs> 
Uh, it was on the CD. CDs were, were relatively uh, or a CD becoming yeah, popular. So I think uh, I think them doing a bonus track for the CD at the time was a, a hey buy the CDs now you know give them a reason yeah uh, so but, uh, Joe what'd you rank yeah. it since it was a miss uh, I I did a three uh, wow a three yep your lowest how about you Nate you? I get oh shit hit the wrong one hold on pause I gave it an eight. And it, Definitely a little far apart on this one. Three and an eight. I gave it a 6.75. And ladies and gentlemen, that's our album. That's OU812. I, Brando, had an average of 7.35. Nate had an average of 7.05. And Joe had an average of 5.9, making the master rank of OU812 a 6.76. So definitely lower than uh, 5150. It's... I did think that this was a little bit of a step down from that, uh, but that was mm. almost to be expected as they actually started writing together more. It was it was going to be a different feel. The highest ranking song on the album for an average was "Finish What You Started" at a eight point five because we all gave it eight point five. Eight point five. Yeah. And uh, the lowest, what was the lowest? What do you, like? What do you think? Take a guess. Um, Quick. Cabo Wabo. Cabo Wabo. Five point one six. So okay, that that that's OU eight one two, and uh, we definitely ate that one up and uh, spat it back out because <laughs> it was not. <laughs> uh, I mean, it come out the other end too. <laughs> possibly. Maybe that was your source of an infection. Oh, <laughs> so um, it's it's definitely not the lowest ranking album that we've done, uh, but it's also not uh, the highest. We're not going to. You know, go through every single one. If you've been following along, well, you know what they've been. But it's middle of the road. I kind of feel like it's easily <laughs> so far the second best Sammy Hagar album. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not fair. You can't do that. It's the only the second. <laughs> I know. So, I know. Yeah. But it, uh, but if you would have said it was third best, I would have been fucking confused up to this point. Like, exactly. I was like, wait, what? Okay. Um, no, but it just, uh, I kind of felt like in comparison to the last two, like I almost want to go back, you know, obviously our album average for 84 is definitely inflated. Um, so, I mean, it is what, it is what that is. And there's a sizable source of infection. There's definitely some white blood cells swimming around that one, but, um, there's a de- there's definitely a decline happening, and it makes me wonder what's going to happen next on foreign lawful carnal knowledge. Fuck yeah! The next album featuring Sammy Hagar and the rest of the band will be the next album that we rank here on the show. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that this has been OUA one two. Uh, Nate, Joe, thank you once again for joining me on this trek down Van Halen's discography. Thanks for having me back on yet again. Yeah, definitely always a pleasure, guys. Yes, and of course you can always check out Rank 'em All at rankemall.rocks. You can check them out. Check them out. Them, them out, us out on all the podcasting services around the globe. Pick your favorite one. If we're not there, let us know. Reach out on social medias. We're at Rank 'em All Podcast and all that stuff on, on Twitters, the Instagrams. I got to post more pictures. I, I Check I, the out. Yeah, and then check us out on Facebook as well. You can also. Um, you know, interact with us on there and let us know what like what your favorite songs are and all that shit and how your stuff ranked. We love hearing from every single one of you guys. But if there's nothing else, I I got nothing, man. I got nothing.
That's that, my friends. Well, anyways, uh, you know, we have had a little bit of, of scheduling conflicts uh, for recording this, uh, to say the least, but we're going to try and get that rectified as quickly as possible and get all these two. Of course, for you guys hearing this, hopefully there's no interruption, but for us, it's been like, man, man, we really got to finish what, like, what we're starting here, and that's what we're going to do going into next week for Unlawful Cardinal Knowledge. See you later, guys. Finish what you started.